Welcome to the Mind to Muscle podcast, where we focus on exercising our minds and our muscles. I'm your host and sweaty mama, Jennifer Loganville, and my goal is to empower you to live each and every day stronger than yesterday. Being the strongest in the room isn't only about your physical fitness, but your confidence and mindset. Here, I'm your biggest cheerleader as we learn how important it is to put your mind to muscle even before picking up the weight. Otherwise, what are you doing? Grab your water and get set up. We're starting in three, two, one, let's go. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for listening today. I have two of my very close friends. I would like to say two of my best friends, Darcy and Stephanie. Hey. What's up? We are going to do an episode on the Founders Corner. We have a topic we are going to talk about, but we also have some sweaty sister questions, and we're going to have just some fun with it because that's together. That's what we like to do. We like to have fun. Okay, so my topic is how to be the friend that you need. And I think you guys have great insight on this just because you guys are the friend that I need and you guys just instantly know what kind of friend I need and you become that. So I want to hear from you guys and then I'll give you my insight. Uh, Steph Jones, let's hear you. Introduce yourself, uh, how long you've been in JGFG and a little bit of insight around that. So I'm Stephanie Jones, and I joined JGFG in March of 2020. So I'm a teacher by trade. I teach a little bit of everything. That's a whole nother topic. But I joined JGFG right before COVID hit our school district and shut us down. And it was really one of those, a friend of a friend. And there was other girls in the group that I also taught with. So I was seeing their progress. and. I knew that I needed to make a change. So I jumped on board. I really kind of jumped headfirst and I've never really looked back. So it's just been, it's what I needed at the time and probably, well, every day. It's what I need every day. <laughs> and what about you, Darcy? I'm Darcy. Um, I'm a nurse. I actually used to deliver some babies, but um, now I'm working in a clinic after our unit got closed down. I joined after chatting with Jaren and Steph Jones. At a garage sale. At a garage sale <laughs> with the booty band, okay? The booty band got brought out, and I was like, what is that, and what are we doing with it? I hear booty and band, and I don't even, I don't know where I was going. But anyway, um, they had me try it on, and I was like, man, I don't know. And they're like, you need to try it. Just do it. And so I signed up. First day was a leg day, and I died for a week, I think, after that. <laughs> Probably. It was probably like one of the hardest. I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was the hardest one for me because that was the first one. But your first workout is always the hardest workout. Like, and you, it's funny. Do you remember core moves that we did? Like, are you, I remember when I went to the gym for the very first time, I remember the first move I did were barbell good mornings. And the person I went with they just handed me this barbell to put on your traps and do good mornings. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And I, I remember the first time you said Superman's, and I'm like, I was thinking the dance, like I thought we were supermaning. I just did not understand. I did not understand what we were doing or why we were, why you would make us want to do the dance, the Superman. I had us do some crazy Soldier stuff. Soldier boy told him. <laughs> <That's laughs> oh, uh, uh, I probably just, we should drop that one day. Just like start Soldier Boy right there. I know it. I can do it. You could do it. Darcy would be the one to do it for us. So 
You both were runners prior to JGFG. Is that right? Yes. I I lost a ton of weight from 2018 to 2020 by strictly running and just kind of watching what I ate. And I knew once, really once COVID hit, I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like, I cannot sustain just running because it wasn't giving me the results that I wanted, which was that lean muscle and just a more fit physique versus just having the stamina to run as yeah. much as I wanted. You as well, Darcy, right? Yeah. So I started running because I wanted to be skinny. And I also think I thought that I would be like, I don't know, in the best shape of my life from running, which I don't think that it's, you're not. I think you do get into great cardiovascular shape, but after a while, you have to keep running more. Right. And more and more and more and more. But it's also like weights. Like w once you start with your 10 pounds, you're going to have to increase your weight and increase and increase. But that's more sustainable than running. Oh, I'm going to start with one mile, then two, then three, then eight, then 10, then 15. And now I'm running a marathon. And when is the cap? I love weights because there's no cap. Like you just have to go buy heavier weights. And I feel like at some point, I mean, I'm not knocking the runners. I'm not because I was there because it's a mental game. But you it's hard on your body. So hard on your body. So hard. And my runners who are hardcore runners, like six miles four times a day like they like oh I just lightly run no girl you are a runner like you have the runner mentality and it's hard to get out of that and I have members who are solely runners and then they join my group they do the workouts they still do the workouts and run and then they see I'm getting more results better results I'm changing my body composition from these workouts not from running I ran for 10 years and I never saw it and so then they're like oh I've been doing this workout you know, program for 12 weeks and I see better results and it's nicer in my body. I feel better. It's a different feeling. But I'm going to be honest, I have had great ideas of being a runner before. Like every spring, I get this like itch. I'm going to become a runner. Like maybe one, two miles, never more than two or three. Like that is just sounds ridiculous to me. And I can't do it. What's the secret? I remember the very first time that I talked to Jen and she was telling me that she was running and she's like, I just can't do it. My feet hurt, my back hurts, whatever. And I'm like, well, what kind of shoes are you running in? And I was running I my lifting shoes. Yeah, she was probably running in Nobles, to be really yeah. honest. And I was like, girl, go get you some good running shoes. And she did. And I think that helped. It did. But she still hated it. And she still didn't and do it. And like, oh, <laughs> your husband's a runner, too. And he, I think Colby told me, like, you got to get past the three-mile mark. And I'm like, I will be delirious. <laughs> I say one and a half miles. If you get one past that one and a half miles, then that's where you feel like you have a mental um, shift. shift. You have like a yeah. mental shift. And that's for me for weightlifting. And I think it's just like that's oh, weightlifting has always been my passion. And I can push myself to no limit. Like there's no limit with me on the weightlifting side versus I feel like that's how it is for the runner mentality. So I think if you are a weightlifter first, it's harder to become a, a runner. I can see that. Versus that if sense. you become a runner first, it kind of works for you. Well, because our mentality was you have to run to get skinny and yours was to look good, right? right. So that's the difference, I think. I'm lifting because I know this weight in my hand is going to completely change anything I want it to do on my body. And that's why I like that. It's like I naturally, if I did not lift, I would have no legs, no butts. And like now I have the best legs and booty of my life. And it's solely because I lift weights. And that's what I love about lifting weights is because you can make your body look like anything. No, you cannot spot treat fat loss. 
that comes with macros and eating clean and fueling your body properly. But you can, remember, we're shifting our mind from the loss to what we're gaining. You can gain muscle. You can spot gain. Like I'm going to hyper focus. I'm going to double up on shoulder day because that's the area of the muscle of focus that I really want to work this month. And that is why I think it's an addiction for me. So some people who are runners don't understand mine. So I get it. We're just different mindset. And I think it's where you started on your journey. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm, like I said, I still like to run. I still, you know, like to go out and get a few miles in. But it is definitely a mindset shift because I don't want to lose the progress that I've made from lifting because my body composition is changing through running and, and vice versa. So it's it's a tricky balance at times. For It's really interesting because I have figured both their macros many, many times. And as runners, like if you're going to dual train lifting weights and be a runner greater than two miles, you have to eat because your body's naturally going to use your muscle to burn for energy if you don't fuel your body properly with your carbs. <laughs> Stephanie Jones. I and- don't like, to, I, this is sounds so terrible, but I I have a, a trainer that yells at me when I don't eat because I don't eat enough and to that, fuel my body the way that I need to. So that one day I'll be better. me, by the way. She's so mean. She makes me eat. <laughs> you should want a trainer like me. And so I... I do. <laughs> and Darcy has no problem eating her macros. Like Darcy's great at her macros and I'm the same way. So Stephanie will message me or text me and be like, Jen, how am I supposed to eat all these carbs? And I give her tough love. I'm the kind of friend that you need because I love you so much that I'm not going to be like, oh, it's okay. No, no. I just think one time you were on this like message and I just said, get to eating. Yeah, I did one set of macros for over 20 days because I could never hit my carb goal. And she's like, no, I'm not reducing it down. I don't care how much you bully me. I'm not reducing you down. And she didn't until just this last time. Finally, I got a little less. And thank goodness, because I'm a little bit closer every time. (laughs) But I'm like, you have to fuel your body. You're not seeing these muscle gains that you want to see because you're also running and then you're training and now you're not eating enough. And so you're in a vicious cycle of your body's holding on to the fat because it's all you're putting into it is the little amount of food. I'm like, do you eat like a bird? Because you are tall compared to me. And so I'm like, your body needs food to increase your metabolism, grow the muscle and sustain your energy for a run. But it's not getting through her head. One day I, I, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're working for it. Yeah, we are yeah. better than what we were we, like a month and a half yeah, ago. And that's the goal. Better that than yesterday. Every day is better than yesterday. Better than yesterday. And I'm proud of you. <laughs> I just like to give you tough love. Some people can take it, and I'm not mean about it. I don't no, think I'm never. mean. No, never. It is all with good intention of, like, get to eating. Like, nope. Like, I'm not going to let you bully me out of changing your macros because you don't want to eat the food. And and I'm over here like, can I have some more carbs, please? <laughs> right. I have some members that are like, Jen, when do I get the 270 grams of carbs? And I'm like, whenever you lift heavier and whenever you are working out a little bit longer. And they're like, I'll do it. I'll pick up the heavier weight and lift longer if that means I get more carbs. And I'm like, let's go. And they do. And guess what? Their body comp changes just by that little tiny change, 100 more grams of carbs a day, heavier weights. And they're like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner? 100 grams. I can't. I'm going to have next next summer, you're going to be eating almost 300 grams of carbs a day. Guarantee it. Holy smokes. I don't know if I can. I think the part that scared me was the fat. 
Oh, when you increase yeah. my fat like really high, I was like, is that okay? Are you sure? Yeah. Like you're sure. And that, I, did you mean that number? Just trust me. And guess what? You saw a huge muscle growth on it. But us short girls, y'all would never understand. They don't get a lot. We don't get a lot of fat. Our body doesn't like fat very much. It's really funny. Like it's so much so like body types and how you hold weight and carry weight and gain muscle. So much plays into it on overall height and your weight. Um if I was my weight, but I was maybe two inches taller, I would get so much more fat. But my body doesn't like fat just because I'm just tiny, tiny little short girl. But my tall girls, I'm like, can I borrow some of your fats? Because I want one more egg in my breakfast, please. <laughs> some days I don't even care. I just go over. I just gauge it how I feel. I'm like, mm, my energy's a little bit low. I think I'm going to get some more fats in. I think that's the coolest part is that I'm learning that all these little macro tips you know of how it makes your body feel yeah you know fat i i don't know why before i didn't really think that fat was energy yeah carbs of fat are energy i just just didn't think that was going to be the way it was and i'm just i I, i'm pretty excited about it i'll be honest yeah and so my taller girls get way more fat than a short girls so a short girls have stick together i get it i understand (laughs) one of my employees she'll see me send like some macros and she even said that jessica was like I feel so bad for you short girls. You don't get very many fats. I'm like, I know, it's horrible. (laughs) And so it is funny learning and watching people have aha moments with macros. Like, did you ever think before macros? uh, I asked Johnny this in the podcast. Like, did you look at a banana and think that is carbs? Or did you look at a banana as a banana? I just looked at it as fruit. I just thought, oh, that's healthy. I I remember listening to that podcast and I was like, okay, Johnny, I get you because I am, I'm right there. You know, I just felt like fruit is fruit, fruit is fruit and fruit is healthy. So you must be doing something right. Yeah, exactly. So many people, they're like, I eat nuts and I eat fruit, so I'm healthy. And fruit is all carbs. It's all carbs. All carbs. People are like, how do I get my carbs? I told her, while you're taking your daughter to do her school stuff, eat a banana on your way. And she's like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, so now I want to circle to how, um, so you guys knew each other because you guys, tell us how you guys know each other. So we had the mutual friend of my Mm sister-in-law. So my sister-in-law, Jaren, is really, really good friends with Darcy. And really, during COVID, my sister-in-law and I were having a garage sale and Darcy showed up. And it was- Through JGFT, you guys grew closer though, right? Yeah. And then we just kind of- hooked up and just became friends and kind of instantly just had a connection where, you know, I'll message you or comment on your posts or whatever. And we just kind of became friends that way. It's pretty crazy how how many people we probably connected with just through your group. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nuts. A I lot have, of like, people. really great friends. Or even like strangers. They don't even know each other. And then they just hit it off through a comment and then they message each other. And then now they're best friends because of JGFG. And that's so cool to me. Our first event, or my first event that I went to, was that yours? Yeah, at Sky Zone. Yeah. yeah. We we rode together and we talked to each other at the garage sale. That was it. Minus just messaging on Facebook. Yeah, so. that's awesome. We just kind of hit Sweaty it off. Sweaty sisters and- are like um, a built-in best friend. Like there's no awkwardness. There's no like, you, you have that bond. I feel like it's like someone commented about the event. They're like, this complete stranger let me use her hair gel. And that stranger goes, I'm not a stranger. I'm your sweaty sister. And I'm like, 
That's right. You aren't strangers. You're all united. Like we are here with the power of the mindset of like, I'm your sister. I'm your friend. I'm here for you. You need to borrow a brush and some hair gel. Here you go. Well, and I feel like even after this last event that we had, there was probably four or five uh, women that I just had felt this strong connection to. And whether it was the vibe that they gave off, you know, through posting or just, you know, their comments that they make or whatever the case may be. We went to that event and it was like, you you are who you are even online, yes. you know, and, and that was such a big thing to me. And I felt like from there, I don't know, I could rattle off four or five of them right off the top of my head. But I'm like, I had never met you until a couple of weeks ago. And now I feel like we could hang out like let's exchange Christmas presents because, I mean, you're invited now. Right. I mean, we're family. Right. And that's whenever I meet members. They're always like, oh my gosh, and I feel like I've known you my whole life. You're in my living room with me every single day. And I'm like, I feel that strong connection with, I've never had a member walk through and not leave like, we're best friends. And I'm like, that is my entire goal, even on the screen. Or people will come up to me and like, you don't know me, but I know you. And I'm like, but I know you because I see your selfies and I've commented on your stuff for two years. And I feel like I know you. So it's a giant sisterhood. And Jen is who she says she is. 100%. 100%. Oh, thank you guys. They've seen me through some good and bad and ugly times. But she's seen us through good, bad, and ugly times. So I feel like it's mutual. So that kind of takes me to being the friend that you need. So for me, I always try to show up as the person you need. I need a low-key friend. I need a friend who sees when I'm having a bad day when I don't even realize that I need someone to be like, hey, you doing good? And these two women right here are always those people. They can just text me randomly and be like, hey, just thinking about you. And that means so much to me. Or the text of like Darcy will text me and be like, the podcast was amazing. I love this about it. And But she's also, if I said something out of line, I know she would be the first one to be like, I love you, but this. And I respect that. And I feel like that's the kind of friend that you need. And I feel like that's the kind of friend I try to be is like, I love you and I'm going to cheer for you and clap the loudest for you. And I want to see you do great and be successful. But I'm also the friend who's going to give you the tough love and tell you when you have food in your teeth and a booger hanging out of your nose. And appreciate that. <laughs> and that's the friend I need. And I feel like that's both of you. You would both be like, hey, Jen, guess from your teeth or, you know. But I can say I honestly haven't always had friends like that. I've had friends who are mean and leave you whenever you need someone or can't handle watching you do well and can't handle that you are in a low maintenance season of your life where you can't go out to eat and dinners and maybe just different seasons of life. I've had a lot of friends where, you know, I had kids when at a younger age than them and they were kidless and you have a kid and it's really hard to be like, I'm sorry, I have kids. I can't just go out or I don't have built in babysitter grandparents where they can just dump them and go. And so I've lost a lot of friends um, through the years, but you never, God will never have you lose someone without replacing them with someone better, in my opinion. I think that the minute that I joined JGFG, I quickly realized that it was a group of women that I had been missing my whole life. I was really involved in sports growing up. And so I felt like a lot of my friendships were built around those sports, which was great. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
I was married really young. And so it was really just one of those, it was my husband and I. And so I really, really thrive on having female relationships and being able to share in the things that really only women know about. And I love that about JGFG. I love that, you know, I could message Darcy or you and, you know, hey, I've had a crap day or oh my gosh, you're never going to believe what our kids did and just really shout from the rooftops right. our accomplishments with them. Just our family. It doesn't have anything to do with working out or anything like that. We just are just human. And right. I love that. Right. Well, and and I love your kids. Like if Addie or Zyler needed me, like bring them to me. Like find people and same for your kids. Like find people who love your kids too yeah. and are willing to be like, if you are in a pinch, I'm I'm there for you. Like there's been so many times where even where Stephanie saw me overwhelmed and she's like, do you want me to come up? I'll watch the kids. Like if you want to do this or Darcy, do you need help? Like recognizing whenever you don't need, no, like that's a big deal. And sometimes I do feel like maybe I lack at that a little bit because my plate is so full with GGFG and all of this. But I, in the last six months, I think also around having a newborn baby, I don't care who you are, you're allowed to not be that friend for an extended period of time. But in the last like six months, I feel like I've become me again and recognizing like through you and your surgery or like reaching out, like I got vibes from Stephanie that something was going on just from a vibe of her. And I was like, so then I asked her and I saw her, was something going on with this? And she was like, yes. And I was like, I got those vibes. So just loving your people. But we see each other. What? handful times a year yeah maybe maybe two three times a year unless it's a jgfg event or you're coming up to work out or something like that but we are distant but it's always like just keep your people close yeah i feel like every time we're all together it doesn't feel like it's been as long as it's been no you know we all just kind of get together laugh and have fun and again like you said just being the people we need each other to be yeah you know, just lifting each other up and making sure that we feel loved. That's what is important to me. And I said it earlier, we were all talking and I was like, Stephanie is one way. Darcy is one way. And I feel like I'm the sandwich of both of them. I compliment both of their opposites. And like together, we're this trio where we mesh really, really well. I agree. And I've had friends. I'm sure you both have had friends um, that... I had a friend who I thought was a really good friend, bent backwards for, did all these things for, but they never poured the same into your cup. And you're like, gosh, okay, I'm that's just who I am. I'm gonna keep doing this, like covering for this person. You hold a lot of their juicy secrets. You've got a lot of like stuff with this person, but they're never that person for you. And then this person like becomes really mean to you or like just treats you terrible. And I am not one to retaliate. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'll just, if I'll just disappear. I just like, okay, you're not part of my life anymore. I'm not one to like, you know, make a scene about it. So I say it all the time, like no response is a response. But I say that with a grain of salt because sometimes I know response for like a week and I'm just like, hi, I'm sorry. I just haven't texted anybody back. But in a situation like that, no response is a response. And also, I think if you've done something to somebody... You know. You know. You know. Yeah. And so if they're not responding, you know. And I was like, you know what? 
I have this one specific friend. I was like, I think this person's going through something right now that I don't know anything about because this person lives a great life. And the only reason they would treat me like this is because they're going through something. So I just sat that friendship down and I was like, I'm not going to be mad at this person. I just don't really want anything to do with it for a while. And not, it was, it's been years. This person actually reached out to me and said, I'm so sorry that I treated you this way. You were such a good friend to me. Do you, I don't need you to forgive me, but I just need you to know that I'm really sorry for treating you like that. And that meant so much to me. I was like, I thank you for sending me that. She's like, I was going through something. I didn't realize I was going through and you were never poor to me. And so thank you. And I'm sorry. And I just ha- can't live with myself without telling you that. And I was like, years later, like, I appreciated that more than I actually responded to this because I was so shocked. It was like, hello. It's like, oh, clearly, I just recording and then I opened my phone. Whenever someone always, something always happens immediately after you get done working out with me. Someone always opens their phone and they're like, whoa, when so Steph did that today. And I was like, what happened? Because (laughs) I always open my phone after a text and I'm like, Something always have. There's a storm. <laughs> and so that was that message. And I was just like taken back, I think. But then in the last like, couple of weeks, I've been wanting to text her and be like, are you good? Like, thanks for sending that. So I don't know. It's a weird place. And I'm sure both of you have had friendships like that. And I have friends who also have friends, you know, that have treated them poorly. And they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, just sit. You don't have to be mad at that person. Because if it was a true friendship... You don't have to hate them, but just sit with it. I feel like if, in my case, anyway, I think to my detriment, sometimes I'm oblivious to <laughs> um, things. Yeah. And I think about like that in all situations, I think I'm probably really very forgiving. I think I'm a pretty forgiving person. You're a forgiving person. But yeah. I just think that in somebody's, something's going on that's causing them to treat me that way. And what yeah. is it? It's something that's, I'm not, I don't necessarily think that I'm doing wrong. Right. Maybe I am. And I hope somebody would tell me, but that maybe something is going on in their life that they can't control. And so I try to remember that whenever I look at how people treat me yeah, and not let it destroy me. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I try to just, again, that positive atmosphere I keep right. myself in. So, And I think, you know, me five years ago would have treated this person differently and been very resentful. But I'm in a state in a season of life where you're just like, it is too heavy to hold on to bad feelings and dislike and I don't have time for it I don't have the energy for it and at the end of the day I was like something was going on about her and her life and it was nothing to do with me and it she said that she was like this is all about me and something I was going through and I'm sorry I took it out on you and that says a lot and I think it's okay like you said earlier to like set friendships down if you need to and step away because you shouldn't be in a toxic environment if it's not going to just bless you and your life. I mean, you want to be there for each other, but you also can't let yourself just be sunk in to that toxic environment. Right. And I mean, I've had friendships where you almost have to like break up with the friendship and that's hard. You grieve it. You can feel sad about it. One time I like I know someone they were like a friend, a broken friendship was harder on me than a divorce is what this girl. She was a sweaty sister. She was talking to me about it and she was like, Losing a friend was harder than a divorce I went through. And I can see that. Like, you're so tight-knit in a different way, you know? And so I agree. You don't allow people to be in your life if they don't almost deserve to be in your life, but you don't have to hate them or feel poorly towards them. You just sit it down 
And if it's meant to be picked back up, God will have a way to do that. Yeah, I feel like um, if you feel inclined to reach out to somebody, no matter the situation, whether it's somebody who's wronged you or just somebody you're acquaintance with, I urge you to follow that. Yes. And reach out. It is God telling you. Like, I've had so many times where someone, like, a member from, it's been in my group for five years, and I hadn't seen them in 10 plus weeks posting. They just come across my brain. I will stop what I am doing, and I will message them and be like, hey, are you good? I haven't seen you in a long time. And they're like, oh, my gosh. The fact that you would even think of me or, like, my sister, if I'm thinking about her, I'll just text one of them and be like, hey, just think about you. Or, like, she'll text me, too, my oldest sister. Hey, I just want to say I love you. And, like, God put you, that person, on your heart in that moment for a reason. I have a sister-in-law. She, Lamanda, will text me randomly also and be like, God just told me to check in on you and just tell you I'm thinking about you and I love you. And I like, again, a couple of weeks ago that happened to me. And I just felt this really strong urge to be like, I'm really proud of you, Lamanda. You're doing great. And it was like at 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, something told me to do that. So just stop what you're doing. Listen to those moments. And that person probably has had maybe had a horrible day. Maybe their kids were crazy. Something happened for you to for them to cross your mind. Like God makes no mistakes on that, I believe. I think so too. I think that you just never know what that's going to lead into either. You know, that one short little text that you send or, you know, phone call that you make or even a letter that you drop in the mail or a note that you send, whatever the case may be. You never know that that may lead into a conversation of, I needed that so badly. Now let's build our relationship even more, you know, and before you know it, maybe you're talking more constantly or whatever the case may be. But I think a lot of times God sets us up for situations that we can't see until maybe two, three weeks or who knows, maybe a year or two later. So, Right. Like I remember whenever you came up for the first time to work out with me with uh, your husband, Yeah, we did a dual couples workout and he doesn't do my workouts. He goes to the gym and does his own thing, but Mm -hmm. he showed up, he did it. And when you guys walked away, I was like, those are our new best friends, Johnny. And Johnny's like, yep. And the best part is we got in the car and we were like, I think we just got some new best friends. <laughs> we felt so the fun. same. We loved it. We loved just if you have never spent any time outside of an event with Jen, you need to message her and try and set up a way to come and work out because maybe it's intimidating for you. But I promise you will walk away feeling like you are the most important person that she has seen all day long. And you just feel so empowered with just the conversation that you have. And and it might not be about anything. It might literally just be about the weather. Who knows? But I just, every time I'm around Jen, and there are times where I have highs and I have lows. And there's been a couple of times where I message her and I'm like, I need to see you. Like, I, I just need to see you. And I know that that's what I need. And I need to kind of be rejuvenated. And Jen does that for me every oh, time. I love you. That just made my day. It's true. It's true. And we we have moments where we are pouring our heart out and venting and find your friends that you can trust, that you know you can walk away from a deep conversation and they're not going to repeat anything that was said. These two, like, I've been in the room with people and I tell Addie this about gauging your friends. And I think I've said it on a podcast, I think with Rachel before. How does that friend make you feel when you walk away? And 
listen to your body, your gut, your heart tells you so much about a person. And I'm a very intuitive person on feeling vibes and energy. And I'm an empath. So I, what you're feeling, I'm feeling. And I'm like, if you're off, I can tell instantly. And Johnny just thinks I'm crazy because I observe all of that. And I'm like, some for some people, ignorance is bliss. And but for me, I ha- I am so observant on that kind of stuff. I like I'll be around my dad, and I'm like, "What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong?" And I know something's wrong. He's like, "Stop asking me what's wrong." And I'm like, "Something's off." And then if I get him talking, he'll tell me what's the matter. And I can again that leads into something. And I'm like, I can just walk in a room and I feel the energy of like something's not right. But how somebody makes you feel when you leave them says a lot about that person. And I was teaching Addie that she, you know, I started telling her that when she was six because she would come home with her heart broken because this friend said that she couldn't be her friend if she didn't do this or did that or, you know, all the little kid, you know, the drama just starts so young anymore for kids. It's crazy. And I would just like, Addie, you have to, how do you feel when you walk away from this friend? She makes me feel horrible. I don't ever feel good about myself. I question my conversations with her. And she is very, she's an old soul. She can be in tune. But I'm like trying to prime her. Because if you can take that one piece of advice of how do I feel when I walk away from this person, stay close to people who make you feel easy to love and feel like sunshine. And also pay attention to that for yourself because that just gave me some conviction to like think, how do I leave people feeling right whenever I walk away from them? Right. And I think about that all the time. And there you're going to come across people. I just I read this and I don't know where I read it. it was either a book or a post or something. And it was like, stay away from candle blower outers. And those are people. And that's an easy way. I've said it to Addie recently after I read that, like, stay away from people who blow out your candle. And what does that mean? That means someone who, oh, you got a new job. Great. But I did this. I did that. Or like like finding the negative in everything or someone who can't help light your candle or make your flame brighter. Those are the people you want to stay close to. But someone who's constantly picking on you or making you feel bad when you walk away or finding the negative or always gossiping. Stay away from the candle blower outers. And just putting it in different terms to read, to add to myself, different people I've talked to, it makes it like, ah, you have an aha moment. You're like, ah. And instantly, you have like four or five people in your mind. You're like, I don't feel good when I walk away. I question everything I said when I walk away from this conversation when I'm around this person. And so you then know next time you're around that person, maybe it's a boss, an employee, uh, employer, a friend, a sister-in-law, brother-in-law, mom, dad, whoever it is, you're just aware of how they make you feel, one. And two, you're cautious of what you say around them. And maybe you set a boundary of, I'm only allowing myself to share X amount of information because you constantly blow out my candle. And you don't even tell them this, but like this person constantly is blowing out my candle. I'm going to be very surface with them. And it's okay to have different relationships with different people. And so that's how I always try to be like, how do I make people feel? Because they will never remember what we talked about, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Don't let anybody blow out your candle. Like That's my advice. As I, again, keep my little bubble of people. And I guess I should say I let people in that are negative because I really want to try to turn them around and get them positive. 
But I also decided that I'm not going to let anybody blow out my candle. Yes. I'm going to walk away and just pray for them. Yeah. That's all you can do. Set an example for what I want them to act like to me. That's And I, and I, I fail. Don't get me wrong. I mess up. But I want to be for somebody else what I want from them. That makes sense. And I, I said that in one of my podcasts, like, the, the per- way be the person you need, be the person you need and the way you treat yourself sets the tone for how you allow other people to treat you. And that goes so hand in hand. I think friendships, relationships, I mean, as you know, at work, everywhere, the way you carry yourself, the way you treat yourself, the way you talk about yourself to yourself is going to all be better if you pour in positivity If you think negative about yourself and talk negatively to yourself, you're going to allow everyone else to treat you like that. And also, just remember, we are not perfect. No. Like, I try to have a positive lifestyle, but I also get negative and I have to like pull myself out of it. There's times I'm like, it's just, I do. And I hate it that I have that problem sometimes, but I also know, again, I can pull myself out. I don't have to stay there. I don't have to stay in that spot. Nobody has to stay there. You're human. We all mess up. We all have days. Like people are like, do you always do you are you always so positive? I try to be, but I also have days where I can look in the mirror and find a hundred things that I don't like and then I'm like, cut it out. Like this is ridiculous. If my daughter or my son were talking like this to themselves, I would be like, No. If a member was talking and I could hear the way, you know, those words coming out of her mouth, absolutely not. You are none of those things. So talk. The nicest to yourself. Yes. I uh, example for that. I yesterday um, was in the pool with my kiddos and I decided I was going to go down the little slide with them. And I videoed myself, which I didn't show anybody. But I thought to myself when I looked at the video, I'm like, oh, look at your stomach. Or, you know, I kind of went to that spot and I started to say it out loud. And my kids are right beside me when I'm recording. And I was like, OK, here we go. Mama's going to do this. Who cares? Let's do this. And so I went down the slide and it was all good. And they don't care. That I have a little bit of pudge hanging over the top of my swimsuit. They don't care. They remember they that care. you went down the side with them. Yeah. So I, a similar situation yesterday, we went to the pool and I wore two piece for the first time in a long time. And I always wear a one piece when I go to this specific pool. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to wear a two piece. And so I wore two. It was a high waist bottom. But I was in the bathroom standing there looking at myself, like bending over, standing up, bending over, standing up. Like pretending like I'm holding Ava, like what's this pudge going to look like? And then Addie walks in and goes, what are you doing, mommy? And I was like, what do I tell her I'm doing? I was like, do I look okay? She goes, yeah, you look strong. And I was like, you're right. Yeah, girl. That's what I like. (laughs) I do. And she goes, what do you mean do you look okay? And I was like, I don't know. Does my belly look okay? She goes, well, yeah, you have a baby. So of course you look good. And I'm like. You're right. That's what people see. Like, you have a baby. You look strong. And that's all that I care about. I have loose skin that hangs over those high-waisted bottoms. And that's okay. And if she was standing there looking in the mirror herself, you would want her to think those things, not, right. oh, maybe I shouldn't be wearing that. So I get that right. as a mama. And so I always, any opportunity I have, you look amazing. You look so strong. Let me see your muscles. Let me flex, flex your abs. Let me feel it, like all of those. So that's the, the things that she's looking at when she looks in the mirror. Like, let me flex. Let me do these things. And that's what I want for her and Reed and I, Ava. I can't wait till they're big enough to like go to school and they walk in like flexing all the yes, time. Like, they're going mm. to just walking around flexing. It makes you think of that song. Look at that flex. You're looking at my flex. I, 
I don't remember how it goes, but I could sing it for if you really want me to. <laughs> Darcy's our JGFG um, music rap artist. She can make any song turn into a JGFG song, even the most ridiculous, dirty Horrifying song. song ever. Yes. So 25 Days of Christmas, I did a make your own JGFG rap. And I do this every year. It's one of my favorite challenges. And Darcy's song came on and I was like, where and how is she going to recover this? And I, I don't know how I didn't screw it up, but I didn't somehow. She crushed it. And I think at the end of this, I want can we put a little bit on it? We can see if we can get the a little bit of the audio. And you're gonna sing it in your head for the rest of the day. So I'm sorry in advance, but it's clean. It was just not a clean song originally. <laughs> and how she came up with it, I have no idea. To make it clean. But she crushed it. We'll play it a little bit. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think you won that challenge, didn't you? Uh, me and um, I think I I think I picked like three winners. That one's always yeah, my favorite. Yeah, there was favorite. three. Yeah, there was yeah. three. There's good one. This episode is sponsored by Top Notch Athletics. We customize tailored clothing for those that are here to get things done. We design clothes for those that never settle. The peak performers, the ones that never sell themselves short of the best. The high risers, those that never quit, the strongest in the room. Step into these clothes and your mindset shifts. You become top notch. Check out tnclothing.com to become your top notch self. Okay, we're going to gauge over a little bit and we are going to do two lies and one truth. And Stephanie Jones is so prepared for this. And so I. Because that is who I am. I am the prepared one of this crew here. And so she's going to give us two lies, one truth, and Darcy and I are going to have to guess which one is the truth. Go ahead. Okay. So I used to be a cheer coach. I climbed Pikes Peak in college, and I left the country during COVID. I'm going to say climb P- Pikes Peak. Is that my truth? Is the truth? Yeah, I think so too. Oh, that's a lie. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to say you left the country during COVID. We did. We left the country during COVID. Um, That was our, long story short, kind of our makeup honeymoon. That's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Um, But we went with some friends. We were supposed to leave the end of May, and that's kind of when COVID was really hot and heavy, especially in our area. We were very nervous about leaving. There ended up being a hurricane (laughs) where we were going. Oh, my goodness. And we kind of spur of the moment, switched it up and decided the first part of August to go to Mexico. And really, I mean, I recommend it. There was nobody there. It's great. We've gone on a beach vacation in like March. And that's a really good also. Now that I tell you, everyone's going to go to beach in March. But no one was there. Like you can totally take advantage of a resort in March, February, March, around that area. Empty. But it was amazing. Darcy, do you want to go? Two lies, one truth. Um, I have played in a Division One basketball team. I have bungee jumped, and I have raced in a race car. Truth for me, I say is the Division One. That's what I was going to guess. Also, no, raced in a race car. Yes. Okay, that felt too innocent. I was like, wait a minute. What kind of race car? And like why? So my brother and my dad raced growing up, and it was a 
trying to think, a stock car. It was a stock car. I raced three different times. Oh, three different wow. races. Wow, I'm impressed. You're you're baddie. <laughs> I wish I played in Division One basketball. <laughs> I did get on Division Two basketball team, but there's a, also a whole other podcast on that. She's <laughs> real tall, so I was thinking basketball. That's what I thought, too. And you said you played, you know, college basketball, so. Okay, mine, I used to be a vegetarian. I have a tattoo of a cherry on my butt cheek. And the other one would be I have hitchhiked. Okay, well, I know the answer. (laughs) You're a hitchhiker. (laughs) Dang it, it's too soon. I should have not shared that (laughs) on our Instagram until after this podcast. Yeah, but I probably, if I wouldn't have known that story, I definitely would have went for the tattoo. I would have, too. I would have, too. Funny story around the, the cherry tattoo. So Johnny's little brother kept saying he wants a tattoo. He wants a tattoo. He wanted to get this whole, like, sleeve. And every one of his siblings was supposed to send him something that represented them. And he was going to get it all mirrored together into a sleeve. And Johnny was like, the, everyone sent him something, I think, except for one other sibling. And Johnny. Johnny was like, I'd one, don't know what represents me enough for you to get tattooed onto your body. Two. I don't know what, like, I don't know. That's like a permanent thing. While everyone else, like one of the sisters felt like, you know, these flowers. And his little brother, there's six girls, so he's going to have lots of flowers on his arm. And so um, he didn't end up doing it. But the whole time he was around us, it was like over Christmas break because he's in the army. And so um, it was kind of like a, maybe a thought. He's never done it, but it was a thought. And all of, everyone sent him his ideas. So he was like piecing together and he would like call Johnny in the middle. Like, what's your tattoo idea? I'm going to go do it. Johnny, what's this tattoo? And this has been maybe almost a year and a half, two years now. And Addie would hear him. Johnny put him on speakerphone because, oh, Drew's calling. So we would all talk to Drew. My kids love Drew. Like, it's like a big brother for him. And Addie would always say, Drew, I want you to get a cherry on your butt cheek every time. Because she always hears me say, pick up your cherries during the workout. So did he do it? He would be like, no, Addie, I'm not getting a tattoo of cherries on my butt. And so then Johnny, anytime he would ask him that, Johnny would respond, cherries on your butt cheek. Or Johnny would just send him like joking, like off the wall, crazy stuff. And Drew's like, for real? And Johnny's like, no. And so now Addie saw me get like this other tattoo. And she was like, did you get the cherries on your butt cheek yet? So she is so set on getting. And so she goes, mom, when I turn 18, me and you are going to go get matching cherries on our butt cheek. And I'm like, all right, girl. And then Johnny was there and he goes, you're doing what? And she goes, you're coming with us, dad. And he agreed. He says, if you want to get matching tattoos on our butt cheeks when you're 18, we're going to go get some cherries. Tied with mom and dad forever. I say that's when you know he's a daddy. Like she's a daddy's girl. Oh, yeah. He will fold over and do whatever. And I was like, Jonathan, you're going to go get a tattoo on cherries on your butt. He's like, who will see it? Nobody. Does he have any tattoos? He has my initials on his finger. And he totally did that. A week after we got married, he's like made the appointment himself. He was the first one in his family to get a tattoo. And I was like, I obviously have tattoos. And I was very self-conscious about having them going into it. My dad just kept saying, just be you. They're going to love you for you. Just be you. doesn't matter if you have tattoos. Like, that's part of you. If they don't love it, doesn't matter. Then they don't love you. And so I just kept saying, I'm just going to be me. And, you know, going into a family with six sisters, that's a lot. And so um, I never let like that feel like they could judge me. 
But it was such a standing out thing that I had tattoos because no one else in his family did. And so then Johnny, a week after he got married, went and got a um, tattoo on his finger and we rolled up and his grandmother was at his parents' house and we walked in. And it's like she knew. She walked straight up to him and grabs his hand. Let me see it. And I was like, I had nothing to do with this. This was totally him. And he was like, yeah, I'm bad now. I got a tattoo. I'm tough. And and so every time I've gotten one, I'm like, do you want to go get a tattoo? He's like, I like the idea of it, but I don't know what I would get. And so I'm never pushy. I'm never one to be like, but I'm like, it's your body. You do whatever you want. It is 100% your choice. And he is not ever saying anything about my tattoos. I'm always like, I'm going to get this. Is Are you cool with it? And he's like, it's your body. I don't care what you do. And so he did this little trial. He went through this phase over Christmas and he ordered some tattoos on Amazon after I did my Post Malone like workout of me dressing up like Posty and putting them on my face. He went and gave himself a sleeve one day. He was trying to trick our kids and like tell like he showed up with a sleeve and Addie was mad. She's like, I can't believe you wouldn't let me go with you. And I was like, she was mad because they weren't cherries. <laughs> right, exactly. And Reed was like, my dad's the coolest dad ever. So Reed, if I could predict the future, is going to have like a sleeve because he will be like, mommy, give me more tattoos. And he goes to school at least once a week with a tattoo on his arm, like a little sleeve or on a shin or something. He thinks they're cool. Addie is just going to have a cherry on her butt. Like that is like, I'm going to be going and she turns 18. Addie goes, we're only 10 years away from getting our cherries. And I'm like, we're really doing this. I will not do cherries on my butt for anyone but Addie, but we're going to do it, I bet. I'm just curious what the size is going to be of these cherries. Tiny <laughs> for me. <laughs> Small enough you'll never know unless I moon you that it's there. But I'll have to moon you guys to show you. So that was fun. I have a few questions from members that I'm going to ask you guys. We're going to do a quick sum that you don't even have to think about, okay? Um, what is your favorite thing about your muscles, Darcy? Um, I would say watching them actually move in the mirror. That's so cool to see actual muscles just moving and knowing I have them. And it's, I don't know, it just makes me feel like I'm a baddie. in the room. Is that what you said? A baddie. Yeah, hey. You're a baddie. Stephanie has a teenage daughter, and so we're learning all these words that are in style I'm trying right to now. use them like I'm cool, but she's going to listen to this and tell me I'm lame. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> It's like sus or something like that, right? Yeah, cap. Oh. She'd probably say, no, mom, that's cap. What does cap mean? That means it's a lie. Interesting. Okay. I'm not cool enough to know that. Um, I'll teach you. Yeah, thank you. Addie's going to teach us. The big <laughs> Addie. We always say that. Big Addie, little Addie. Yep. So your Addie has been working out with you this summer. So let us hear about that. So that has been so good for her. Actually, while we've been sitting here uh, recording this, she sent me a message and she's like, what workout should I do this morning? So. I'm super proud of her for taking the initiative to do it on her own. And that right there is all that I really care about. Yeah. Um, just her having that motivation to know that it's something that is good for her body and takes her mind off maybe whatever stress she might be having or whatever. But um, she gets so proud whenever she can see her shoulder muscles. And mm -hmm. I love watching her catching her. I don't watch her, but catch her watching herself in the mirror because she loves it. It's like a, you're teaching her that we're doing this, again, the ultimate goal of a mom is teaching it to be strong, teaching these kids that we are doing this not to lose weight or be skinny and be small. It's to 
take up space and gain muscle and gain strength. And watching your Addie over the last couple years of knowing her go from, you know, this innocent little girl to this teenager who's 15 and you're like, and I see that fire in her. And I'm like, I wonder what your life would be like or your kids would be like if you didn't instill this like fitness because your your son too, like Zyler, he is this little powerhouse of this like muscle. And he has the stamina for his age. It's I'm so impressed. Yeah, we came in and recorded a workout a couple of years ago. It's been a while since we brought him back down here. But the boy used pens the whole time. And yeah. I'm like, he, I <laughs> what? He made the rest of us look bad. <laughs> yes. And so it's really cool, like watching you with the teenage years to be like, I don't know that I'm ready for that yet, but it's cool to see like mom goals of like, okay, I hope me and my girls have that relationship or Reed and I have that relationship that you guys Addie have. Is, Addie is my best friend and and we definitely have our, our mom and daughter squabbles and, you know, where she's upset with me or vice versa. But just the fact that at the end of the day, we can look at each other and say, we're okay. Like right. today m- might not have been a great day, but we're okay. And tomorrow's going to be just fine. And you're okay. I'm okay. And you're just, I don't know. She's just amazing. And she is, she is so good. Yeah. You have a great girl in your hands. I can you tell that. I do have a question though. Is it hard as a teenager keeping that mom daughter respect in relationship and be best friends? Like, I'm just curious. Like I try to keep that now. Like I love you. You're my best friend. However, I'm still your mom and you will respect me. And there's this boundary line of like how does that look in a teenage perspective uh, and really, how do you I maintain it I really don't think that it's any different um the way I see you and Addie your Addie has just kind of always been how me and my Addie have always been and we've just kind of kept that going and every once in a while she'll snap at me and excuse me <laughs> she's yeah. usually you know we're just that look and she's like I'm really sorry I should not have said that and i usually apologize because I probably shouldn't have said right. something as well. And that's and my that's thing. The next like, thing is just you as a mom have to be willing to say, I screwed up. That, I shouldn't yes. have said that. I yes. shouldn't have reacted that way. I'm really sorry because I didn't think about it from your perspective or, you know, I blew off the handle. And I don't know, Addie is so gracious and gives me way more grace than I probably deserve as a mom. But um, we're trying really hard to just be better every day. That's what I was going to say, like, be okay with telling your kids sorry. And that was weird for Johnny to see me and like kind of see me say, I'm so sorry that I overreacted. He, one, never really overreacts. I'll be honest. He's like, always. he's a lot like your husband, like keeps his cool. Nothing really ruffles his feathers about anything. And I'm over here, maybe a hot mess. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that mom just lost my mind for a second. That was not the reaction I should have had. I'm going to just step out for a second, cool down and come back and we're going to talk about this. I always try to address it immediately so we can talk about it once everyone's cooled down and watching that itself. Like, I think my kids have a greater respect for me because I can say sorry. Yeah, it's, I can't think of a time when Addie and I have had, you know, something happen and, you know, squabble whatever you want to call it and we've not dealt with it that day you know it might not be within the next few minutes after it's over it might not even be you know an hour after it's over but 
um, kind of like that old marriage advice that you used to get, you know, don't go to bed angry. Yeah, we definitely take that to heart with our kids. You know, we're going to figure this out and we're going to talk about it and it may not be perfect, but we're at least you can hear my side. I will sit and I will listen to your side. And and from there, we'll figure and you out know, what we no need matter to do. what. I always love you. That's like when our kids get in trouble. I will keep them up an hour past their bedtime if that's what it looks like to talk about why this happened and why how we're going to avoid it again. But at the end of it, no matter what, I'm like, I love you. And Reed is, you know, he's almost six going through this. If, well, you're being mean to me, you don't love me. And I'm like, I love you even more when you're maybe acting out or having bad behavior. I don't ever say you're bad or being a good boy. You're always a good boy. You're always good. That behavior or that choice was not good. And so that's how I always word it. And so I always will keep them up. And I'm like, you're not going to bed until we talk about this. Like, because tomorrow's not guaranteed. And I saw this this podcast, I was listening to it, and they were like, this guy went to work and he and his wife had this big fight and the coworker was like, his friend was like, what's wrong? I know something's off. And he said, oh, my wife and I got into this big fight. You know, she's mad. I'm mad. We just left all, both of us left for work mad. And he's like, well, you need to make up. He goes, yeah, I'll call, I'll talk to her tonight whenever I get home. And he was like, no, no, that's the mistake. What if you don't make it home? And now both of you, she has to live with that or she doesn't make it home. Call her on your lunch. Call her right now and make it up. And I listened to that and I got chills. And I'm like, that is true. What if tomorrow isn't there? What if you don't have the drive home? What if you don't make it home to say you're sorry? Say sorry now. Like stop. Text that person. Call that person. Write them a letter. Say you're sorry right now because tomorrow, five hours from now, is not guaranteed. And so I think that's such a good I love seeing your guys' relationship and I'm like, okay, like there is hope because you see so many like, I'm the parent, I'm the dominant. And I'm like, yes, I get it, but it's a respect. Respect is not just given, it is earned. And that is how my parents raised me, my dad, still to this day. It's like, you don't have to respect me because I'm your dad. You will respect me because I've earned your respect and I've earned your trust in your relationship. And I think that's what kept me being such a, good kid in high school and growing up because I didn't want to disappoint him because I respected him. You can say, oh, I respect my parent and you actually don't. Like, do you truly respect your parent? That will determine your behavior, in my opinion, and how I reacted towards my parents. I respected them, so I didn't want to disappoint them. Okay, we will wrap this up with this last question. I like this one because I always like hearing um, a Another member's perspective. Who is your most inspirational member that you look up to that is not already a friend? Give them a shout out. Gosh, there's a few, but there's somebody, there's a couple people every day that I wake up and I know I'm going to see their posts and it motivates me to get up. Doreen. Yeah. And Jamie Fabian. Yes. Those two every day I wake up and they're always there. And there's lots of others. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of others. But those two always up, always killing it. That's right. What about you, Steph? Um, I have quite a few also. I was going to say you, Darcy. Um, that's not a friend. Oh, shoot. Okay. Well, and that's tricky too because I feel like the people that I have 
Maybe someone who you met at the event, yeah. that, like those ones that yeah. you said you clicked with. And I was thinking Andrea Harris. Um, Andrea's really just kind of, I don't know, I guess her light turned on in my life. I just, there's something about Andrea that really makes me want to be better. And I kind of love that. I love that she just puts off this vibe that is so captivating and love that. She brings out the fire in a volcano, right? She's that volcano erupting of awesomeness. She's great. I agree. All of those members are amazing. You guys, I feel like, are also core members that um, people always say when they think of JGFG, they think of Stephanie and Darcy. And so when you're feeling down or you are feeling unmotivated, that itself should be motivation for you. Someone is always watching, whether you know it or not. You are somebody's motivation. So thanks for listening, guys. We love you. You are strong. You are powerful. You are worthy. We love you. Bye. All you ladies drop your glutes like this. Shake it out. Don't stop, little sis. All you ladies drop your glutes like this. Shake it out. Don't stop, little sis. Just do it. Do it. Do it, do it, do it now. Drop it good. Drop your booty just like you should. Right now, squeeze it good. Drop your booty and squeeze your tush. My neck, my back. Lifting thirties with my pack. My neck, my back. Lifting thirties with my pack. My neck, my back. Lifting thirties with my pack. My neck, my back. Lifting thirties with my pack. My neck. My back, lifting thirties with my pack. First, you gotta put your quads into it. Don't stop, just do it, do it. Bend, you bend it low with your knees behind your toes. Then you hold a squat and pulse a little, sister. Make sure you keep sweating and dripping, sister, all over your face and floor. Big muscles make it feel so toned. The best run comes from my phone. Lifting heavy and making me strong. Elevator squats until the crack of dawn. Heavy weights making faces and stuff. Up at four making me so buff. Drinking protein when the sun comes up. So drop it now, drop it good. Drop your booty just like you should. Right now, squeeze it good. Drop your booty and squeeze your touch. My neck, my back. Lifting lots of heavy crap. My neck, my back, lifting thirties with my pack. You might feel sore, you might feel green, but suck it up and bend your knees. A BA leap like has big dreams. Jen Luganville knows what I mean. At the gym, so fresh, so lean. People hating Facebook watching me. Making changes in a place unseen. Physical gains aren't the only thing. But a sisterhood's what I need. Watching others kill it satisfies me. Try it one, nothing will make you see. All the other groups ain't got what you need. So now, drop it good. Drop your booty just like you should. Right now, squeeze it good. Drop your booty and squeeze your tush. My neck, my back, lifting thirties with my pack. My neck, my back, lifting thirties with my pack. So do it now, drop it good. Drop your booty just like you should. Right now, squeeze it good. Drop your booty and squeeze your tush. My neck, my back, lifting lots of heavy crap. My back, my back, lifting thirties with my pack. My neck, my back, lifting thirties with my pack. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mind to Muscle. If you'd like to tune into future episodes, don't forget to follow me on your preferred listening platform. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure and leave a review. I really appreciate those. Don't forget you are strong, you are powerful, you are worthy, and you can do hard things. I love you guys. Bye. Bye.